Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, look at it this way, Oilers fans. If misery loves company, at least you have each other to live on, uh, to lean on. My goodness, the misery continues for your Edmonton Oilers, which we will discuss tonight with the news of Jack Campbell being placed on waivers. He's going to head to Bakersfield, and likely Calvin Pickard will be called up. But let's look around the NHL tonight. The Calgary Flames, who are sporting a record slightly better than the Oilers, 3-7-1. They're just getting going against the Nashville Predators. The Rangers cruising tonight, up 5-0 on Detroit, still in the second period. Also in the second, Jets leading the Blues, 2-1. Kraken and Coyotes just getting underway. Third period, Hurricanes leading the Sabres, 2-1. Lightning up 4-0 on this the Canadians. Brought to you by- and in the second period, the Wild and the Islanders are in a 2-2 tie. Now, three games still to come tonight, including at 8-30. That's after the show is over, everybody. The Flyers will play the Sharks. The Sharks are 0-10-1 on the season, which is tied with several teams for the second longest winless streak to start the season. Brendan Escott, as you and I were discussing this afternoon, and I went over it with Bryn a little bit, but I, I have some more fun facts, if you can just try to contain yourself for a second. Are they, are they fun? We could use some fun right now. Well, they weren't fun for the players on the New York Rangers that year. Uh, In 1943-44, the New York Rangers went winless through their first 15 games of the year. That is the NHL record. So I I thought, let's look back at that season. I'm sure we we have some listeners who were with us in 1943-44. I don't know how many will remember this Rangers season specifically. Uh, So they started the season 15 games without a win. They went 0-14-1. They lost their first 11 games. They tied the Montreal Canadiens at home 2-2. Then they lost three more games, 0-14-1. Now, here's the thing. This was a 50-game season, 5-0. They then proceeded to win four of their next five games. Okay? So the Rangers don't get a win through their first 15 games. They get one measly point, a tie, a draw. Then they went four of their next five. So 20 games into the season, the New York Rangers are 4-15-1. In their final 30 games, and this is the real fun fact, Brendan. You may want to write this on a sticky note. They didn't have those in 1943. When were sticky notes invented? I'll figure it out. And is it a sticky note or is is it a post-it note? I think post-it is a brand, right? It's just like Kleenex, Kleenex is really a facial tissue. It's really a facial tissue. So, so sticky note is the right term. Post-it note is a, perhaps the most common brand of this. Uh, so over their final 30 games, the 43-44 Rangers went 2-24-4. In their final 21 games, they went 0-17-4. So they did not have a win in their first 15 games. They did not have a win in their final 21 games. 
Their total record for the season was 639 and 5. And here's the real fun fact if you just like weird, quirky stuff, the Rangers won six out of 50 games. They had three two game winning streaks. <laughs> they, they never had just like a single win in the forest of losses. They always won two in a row, including, as I said, four out of five at one point out of 50 games, and they only won two other games the entire time. So anyway, uh, the Sharks play Philadelphia tonight. I will say this. I, I believe, if you're an Oilers fan, and many of you are, though perhaps that, uh, that, that passion is shaken lately, hope for the San Jose Sharks to beat Philadelphia tonight. Because the law of averages suggest that the San Jose Sharks will win a game eventually. There's never been a team that has gone 0-80 or 0-82 in my lifetime. There have been some pretty bad teams. Nobody's been that bad. Now, you may say, well, Reed, the law of averages suggests that the Edmonton Oilers are going to win a game eventually. That is correct. But if the San Jose Sharks go into that game against Edmonton on Thursday with a zero in the win column, well, again, eventually they're going to win. And here's, here's what I want to emphasize the Oilers are, are saying, and, and many of Oilers fans are saying, thank God it's San Jose next, because they're terrible. Well, if the San Jose Sharks lose tonight, guess what their fans are going to be saying? Thank God it's the Oilers next, because they're doing terrible. So just remember that for context. Uh, but we'll see if San Jose does beat Philadelphia tonight. And if they don't, they will continue to challenge the 43-44 Rangers for uh the worst start in terms of no wins in NHL history. 780-496-0063 if you want to get in touch. That is the hotline presented by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty Pro all the way. And you can also email the show inside sports at 630ched.com. We will have Kelly Rudy check in a little bit later on. He always has a great perspective on a lot of things, especially goaltending. And that's the big story today. Jack Campbell placed on waivers. Uh, he will clear waivers. I can't see who's going to claim him with a $5 million contract and the stats that he has. So he'll go to Bakersfield. We expect Calvin Pickard will be the call-up. Skinner, this, uh, pardon me, uh, Campbell, this season, 1-4 with a 4.50 goals against average and an 873 save percentage. Stuart Skinner, the other goaltender, 1-4-1, 3.99 goals against average, in an 8.56 save percentage. It's been a disaster for Edmonton in pretty much every area, goaltending being one of them. And yes, if you have good goaltending, that can make it look like less of a disaster if you're struggling in other areas. But the Oilers haven't been able to get that. And the Campbell contract, and we talked about this, la- I remember saying this last year, last season, that if we get to November of 2023 and Jack Campbell hasn't turned it around, that's going to look like a really bad contract. Well, that is exactly where we're, we're at because not only is he not in the NHL with this uh, contract, he's now in the American Hockey League. It doesn't mean it's over. It doesn't mean he's never going to get better. It doesn't mean he won't play games for the Oilers again. But you've invested dollars and time in this guy and... Right now, you're putting him in Bakersfield to try to find his game. So you may say, well, Reed, write it off. Let's get to the summer, and when that buyout window opens after the Stanley Cup final, in late June, whenever it's going to be, buy him out. All right. Here's the cost of buying Jack Campbell out per season. 
So because he'd have three years over his contract, the length of the time of the cap hit gets doubled. So for uh, the next six years, his cap hit would be, by year, in millions, 1.1, 2.3, 2.6, and then 1.5 each of the final three years. So it's not a massive cap hit, but it could be a good depth player that uh, you could be prevented from getting because you're paying Jack Campbell to not play for you. Now, the Oilers have had to do things like this before. Secker obviously was a buyout. James Neal, there have been some guys. Other teams have had very highly publicized buyouts, but that would be the cost of that. I think in the short term, it's hope. Hope he gets better, or quite frankly, hope Pickard comes up and plays well and Skinner gets better, and maybe you start getting some saves and getting some confidence and getting some wins. Because it is getting dicey when you look at the probability of making the playoffs. Now, they're not out, just like the teams that have started started well are not in. But they've banked five points. I mean, they're on pace to like barely get a quarter of their points. So every time you lose or lose in overtime and you miss the opportunity to get a point or two, it makes it a little harder to get to that playoff threshold. And, and I'll throw 95 points as a cut line. The Oilers need 90 points in their final 71 games. That's 19 games over 500. Is that possible? Yes, if you're a really good team. And again, right now, they don't look like a really good team. Uh, as for... Calvin Pickard, he is in Bakersfield, or his numbers in Bakersfield, two and two with a 939 save percentage, really good save percentage, 2.03 goals against average. Last year, he went 23, 12 and two, had a 912 save percentage, uh, four shutouts, pretty good, and a 2.70 goals against average. He's 31 years of age. He's played 116 NHL games. His uh, NHL stats. Well, fairly middling, 35, 54, and 10, 903 save percentage, 3.03 goals against average. Uh, if Calvin Pickard has a 903 save percentage, that would obviously be a massive improvement. Now, here's, I just want to focus on the goaltending. Well, no, I'll focus on everything because it, it's, it's, it's bad all over the ice, right? Goals for per game, the Oilers are 26th. Goals against per game, they're 31st. So those are both bottom seven in the league. Their goal differential is minus 18 after 11 games. It's bad. Uh, goals they would have needed to win their eight overtime losses. Nine, five, five, seven, four, five, six, and seven. That's hard. But by the same token, they're not scoring a lot. The power play isn't scoring a ton, and especially at some key moments it hasn't scored. Um so the save percentage that Oilers goalies would have had to record in each of their eight regulation losses, 1,875, 1,903, 1,926, 971, and 972. Some of those are easily achievable, 875, 903, 926 is certainly possible. But in five of the eight regulation losses the Oilers have experienced this season, their goaltender would have had to have been 971 or better. So they're not scoring enough either. And I'm not letting the goalies or the defensive play off the hook, but it's bad at both ends of the rink. And yes, you look at the goals they would have needed to win, that's alarming. You look at the save percentage they would have needed to win, that's pretty hard to do. I mean, on three occasions, an Oilers goaltender would have had to get a shutout for them to win the game. And that includes the Rangers game where they would have had to get a shutout just to get into a shootout.
Oh, it's tough. When were the notes invented? 1968. Oh, so the Rangers did not have post-it notes. No, not at that time. They were about, uh, what, 25 years away from that. But it was actually invented by accident, which is to say that uh, good things can come from bad situations. Good lesson to remember. So that's a, you got to try and look for a positive. Good things can yeah. come from uh, Actually, bad the, situations. The guy's name was Spencer Silver, so we'll call it a silver lining. Oh, that's sweet. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think we're at the point, especially if you're. I mean, if you're a fan, what are you grasping at? That that St. Louis was in last place in December, the year they won the cup. I mean, by the way, there's there's very quiet rumblings that the Oilers might be going after Jordan Bennington. I don't know, and people know I'm not a huge fan of trade rumors. And by the way, he has a no trade, and he makes six million a year. But I, I don't know if something could work there. Um, but I, I guess you're kind of grasping at anything. All right, Kelly Rudy's coming up. Uh, we'll get to some of your feedback at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. It's Inside Sports on Chet. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a good track. The band is Fozzie. The lead singer is WWE star Chris Jericho. Oh, did you know that? I didn't know that. Uh, Is he not from Winnipeg? I'm from Winnipeg, you idiot. (laughs) Yeah, that's a pretty classic line. Oh, does he say that? Somebody was calling him out for being from Toronto one time early in his career. I'm sure somebody listening has heard this clip. And and it's not part of the shtick, but he's just sort of wrestling the match. And and that camera hot mic'd him saying that to the fan. It was pretty spectacular. (laughs) But yeah, he's in uh, all elite wrestling now. And he comes out to one of his own tracks by Fozzie. So is all elite wrestling uh, a rival for WWE? or is it clearly a step below? Well, I think it's a clearly a step below based on the success uh, wholly of WWE. Do they consider themselves a rival? Certainly. Are there a lot of former WWE stars or superstars, whatever they call them over there, uh, that currently are on the AEW roster? Yes. So kind of one and the same for sure. But AEW is a baby. It's only four years old. By the way, did you see the story that there was a cow running around near Spruce Avenue <laughs> School today? A steer, I guess. <laughs> Well, steered in the wrong direction. Uh, He is apparently mulling over contract offers from both the Oilers and Elks, the steer. So we'll see which way that goes. Uh, What what position is he going to play? They could use him anywhere, both teams. Uh, (laughs) That's no bull. 780-496-0063. What do we have coming in, buddy? Oh, boy, we got a whole... This is an awesome handle. How about Dennis... Dennis playing tennis tonight. Dennis playing tennis says, hopefully Jack Campbell is never seen in an Oilers uniform again. It's a perfect example of somebody with great physical tools, but who lacks the mental makeup to play at the highest level. It's actually surprising he ever made the NHL at all. Uh, Dennis does think that Skinner will turn it around. He's already proven to be composed and intelligent. 
Dennis playing tennis, but still with time to type that out. Well, maybe he's got his phone attached to his uh, his the handle on his racket. I, I would uh, look. I I would say, and I I understand that fans' reactions may be, I never want to see this guy again because he hasn't played well. If you are Ken Holland and Jay Woodcroft and people within the organization, you have to give the player a chance to improve and get his game back. I mean, you've invested, like I said, the money and the time. I know this looks like a horrific contract at the moment, but you can't just say, okay, Jack, you're done. Like they, they need him to be an NHL goalie, which he looked at in briefs, looked like in brief spurts last year. And he, in the preseason, again, this year, he looked like a different guy from last year. And now that's gone. I, as you know, Scott, and I'm sure Dennis knows, I, I love talking about the mental side of the game and maturing and confidence and what players and coaches were thinking in certain moments or critical moments. Uh, I, I think, look, Jack Campbell has made the NHL, and he has played well in the NHL. He has had confidence struggles, so I'm not going to write off his entire mental makeup as, as as weak or insufficient or whatever. Like I, I kind of feel Dennis is doing, um, but that that I mean, you hear that all the time about players. Escott, you know, he had the talent, she had the ability, they just didn't have the drive or the want, and it is it is a commitment to play sports at the highest level. I mean, it's got a great payoff in terms of money, fame, playing a kid's game as an adult. Um, but I mean, you know, Brownie tells me stories sometimes when we're just sitting watching a road game together. You know, yeah, I th- this guy was great. You know what? He just didn't want to ride the buses the rest of his life. Or you know, he thought to myself, he thought to himself, I don't want to stand in front of another team's net eighty times a year and get drilled on the back. You know, I'm not saying that's Campbell's mindset because I don't think it is. I, th- I, I think he's going to try to get through this. But, yeah, that's that's sometimes why individuals don't ascend. Sometimes they might not have it upstairs. Sometimes they might just not want to. They might think, I don't actually want to go through that. Anyway, kind of got off track there a little bit. Please, well, please forgive me, Escott. No, no, that's okay. This show is literally for you to rant. I don't know if you've noticed your your name is on the show. Uh, Merrick has texted to say, what a desperate move to call up a career minor leaguer in Calvin Pickard. How was the starting goalie from maybe the worst team of the last 25 years really going to help? Allen blew it when he gave Campbell the long-term contract and overpaid Nurse, Brown, Hyman, Kane, McLeod, etc. It's obvious how this team needs to improve, but there is no flexibility to do it. Again, that's from Merrick. Uh, well, I, I, I mean, uh, Merrick's uh, struggling, I guess, with where the team is at, which is fine. Um, the... Uh I mean, I suppose in one regard, fair comment. Uh, Calvin Pickard was the number one goalie for the 16-17 Colorado Avalanche. He played 50 games for the team that year. He went 15-31-2. Surprisingly enough, he had a save percentage of 904 and a goals against average under three of 2.98, which might be a surprise because that Avalanche team... Uh, was terrible. They were 22-56-4 for 48 points. That That's obviously an extremely poor season. So, yeah, I, I get the question, how is a goaltender with a mediocre or even poor NHL track record going to save the season? I guess I would say, 
I don't know if they think he's going to save the season, but I think they're hoping he can maybe <laughs> buy some time for a couple of weeks and maybe play well enough that one of the other guys gets back on track. And hey, I'm not guaranteeing that can happen. I can't guarantee much with this club right now. I'm just offering a, a counterpoint to what uh, Merrick is saying. Farmer Ed has an alternative suggestion. He says, Reed, ask Kelly Rudy if he'd come out of retirement and put the pads on for the Oilers. Oh, I think he'd do great if you put a canned ham t-shirt on him. <laughs> well, And me, says <laughs> Farmer Ed. That's, that's, that's the secret, actually. You put on that canned ham stuff, it's like uh, Superman getting his energy from the sun. So here's what you do, is you find a way to get the canned ham shirt with a neck guard on it and then all the players eventually have to wear it. Well, could Kelly not wear the tanned ham shirt? Could we not cut it into strips and he could wear it as a bandana like he used to? <laughs> I think I think he used to wear cut-up pieces of shirt. I probably won't ask Kelly that question because we'll have more pressing things to discuss. All right, Kelly is coming up. We'll get to more of your feedback as well. It's Inside Sports on Chet.